Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. All right, today we have a special guest, Dr. Gary Haskell, Level Up listeners. Let's welcome Dr. Gary Haskell. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm just fine, Dr. Constance, and you? Good. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. I am a professor at the graduate level, and the Areas that I am qualified to teach in are finance, management, business, organizational behavior, and leadership at all levels. I have taught corporate finance, short-term business finance, entrepreneurship, corporate strategic management, human resources strategic management, human resources compensation, training and development of employees, corporate leadership, leadership strategic management, change management, corporate culture, and tribal leadership, uh, just to name a few. Wow, that's a lot of type of leadership. Definitely we can learn something from you, and hopefully I can have you as a guest later on on leadership conversation as well. How long have you been teaching? Well, I've been teaching for uh, over 20 years, and I have enjoyed every minute of it, even while doing other jobs I was teaching. Go ahead. I was like, as far as your background other than teaching, can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. I come from the basic steel industry, the rust belt, as they call it now. I was an industrial engineer. Uh, production superintendent. I, I helped move an operation from 90,000 tons shipped per month to 135,000 tons per month. And I did it in about three months. I was a project manager. I was a manager of budgetary and capital planning with a capital spending budget of $50 million annually and an operating budget of $125 million annually. I was also a university professor, which I still am, a department chair, academic dean, and a campus president. That's amazing. Just so much experience in there, and I can't wait to learn from you. And I love having you in my team, by the way. You're an amazing professor. And when you say, oh, I'm kind of boring, I'm like, no, I see your added value on those announcements. And I love it. And I can see the leadership skills that you provide even for teaching classes on asynchronous. What do you like about teaching? Well, what I like about teaching, and I got back into it after all those other jobs, was hopefully there are minimal politics where I am. <laughs> and I have the opportunity to always learn new perspectives and use 
of new tools. I also have the opportunity to provide tools that people can use immediately in the workplace or at home. I like to, I never agree with anybody in discussions because one of my goals is to provide alternative perspectives on concepts that many have had only one perception of previously. And that's kind of fun. I provide advice and potential paths to development and self-actualization. Uh, I meet and interact with people smarter than I am, and that is a blast. I have always tried to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. Makes my job a lot easier and difficult at times. I love the ability to do fun things with others. I promised myself when I exited the basic steel industry, I would only do things that are fun, and that's what I'm doing. And I have immense gratification for positively impacting lots and lots of uh, students, graduate students. Yeah, and I think your colleagues also can really... Um, I love the infection of passion on helping and touching many lives and impacting many lives. So thank you for that. What, if any, would you like your students to know about you that is relatable to their daily experiences? Uh, I am a, <laughs> I use lots of sayings and, and quirky notions, hopefully that they can recall from time to time. And I know and try to pass along that bosses, leaders, and managers vary from excellent to, uh, you know, not so hot. You can gain knowledge in all of these situations if you allow yourself to learn from how not to run an operation all the way to how to run an operation. There is absolutely no substitute for flexibility and an open mind. I used to work with a grumpy old glass furnace superintendent that always told me, Haskell, common sense is always in style. And I have used that as a, a mantra, and I have it over my desk right now. Um, regarding ethics, I have one criteria. If I do it today, can I talk about it in public tomorrow? And that's kind of what the, my, my measurement is for that. Using the philosophy that says, and this is kind of important for graduate students, if, if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Well, if that's your philosophy, it's going to run you out of business because competing globally and doing your best is not good enough anymore. Another thing, that's good enough, that will see you on the sidelines also. I got into a discussion with my son one day, and he said to me, you know, Dad, I think what you're telling me is good is the enemy of excellent. And by golly, the young guy was right. So uh, I thought that was an elegant answer. I'm going to have to borrow that, actually. <laughs> I love that. I love your son's uh, way of saying things. Good is the enemy of excellent. You're right. And a lot of people do have that mentality of if it's not broken, don't fix it. Or, um, you know, it's just good enough for now. And you're right. Globalization, I believe, 
and having, you know, teaching classes online where you can meet the students anytime, any day. You have to be on your toes to innovate the needs of your customers. So thank you for sharing that. And Absolutely. I'm asking permission to borrow that. Good is the enemy of excellent. I love it. <laughs> I'll share that with our you, team. You go right ahead. <laughs> oh, thank you. What do you think other professors should do in order to keep their students engaged in the classroom? And any tips you can provide for, for your fellow colleagues? Well, I'm not sure what other professors can do to keep students engaged in my classroom, but I'm certainly willing to listen. I have always said I am absolutely open to letting anyone show me how to do my job better, being more efficient and more effective. And I'd like to just touch on those two words a moment. Being effective means doing things right. And being efficient means conservation of all resources. And I always hammer this home to any student that I have in any class that I have. You have to use both terms in the conversation. The last thing I, I have to say about this is if you don't care about the students, for God's sake, do something else and be passionate about that. People can tell if you care and that you are passionate. And I tell you what, my students know that I care. That's, that's amazing, actually. How do, you, how do you show your students that you care if you don't see them face-to-face? -face? Like, what are the tips that you can provide to teachers like myself that say, hey, I care? How do you do that on asynchronous class? Well, I, I guess... The best feeling is to have a student come to you and tell you what a great job you did and, and how thankful they are that you were with them during the course. Also hearing that the course might have been hard, but it was fun or enjoyable. And what I try to do is let them know before the work starts that I'm with them. While the work is going on, I'm with them. And when I evaluate, I'm with them. So. And I always try to tell them what they have done well. And I always make sure my suggestions are positive. Like, have you thought about using XYZ? That could be very valuable in your future dealings. So that's kind of where I go with, the, with my critiques. Yeah, feedback is everything, right? And also the tone of your voice when you can't see someone. Um, and if they're having a bad day and they're reading your feedback, you're like, you forgot to do this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, put it on my to-do list, right? Oh, man. Thank you for that. What makes you feel inspired and continue to be passionate on teaching? Well, I, I feel inspired. I, I tell you what, I, I just love doing it. There are, there are some things that I would pay to do, like I said earlier, I, when I got out of the other industry, I decided I would only do fun things, and every day I have fun. And for, well, since I've been teaching uh, online, I am online seven days a week, so holidays and everything, I really enjoy this. Oh, 
Awesome. What do you enjoy about it? Is it the students telling you you're inspiring them? Is it you imparting your knowledge to them? What part of teaching that you really enjoy? What the part that I really enjoy is giving them information that they can turn around and maybe use it immediately, either in the workplace or at home or in both places. Because in my corporate finance classes, I tell them about 98% of the information that I, we're passing along, they can use on at home on an everyday basis. Aha, transferable skills. That's awesome. I'm big on that. If I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do and would you want to be known only by that project? Oh, let's see. I would be in ecstasy if I had a magic wand that I could wave at folks and they would immediately have common sense and the ability to balance a checkbook. Now, I understand being young, you have very hard and serious opinions, and not all of them are based in logic, knowledge, and common sense. And I guess what I'm, I want them to have is a, an open mind to, ex, to accept alternative views and perspectives. I was told one time, and i tell you who told me this, was my dad. I was told that the reason there are wealthy people and poor people is that dollar bills don't have any instructions on it. And I thought, by golly, you have to figure out how to use those dollar bills. So <laughs> I, I've always lived by that statement, too. Yeah. And I wish kids have instructions and off buttons, too, while you're at it with your magic wand. I would love to have an off button on my kids' uh, instruction on how to handle teenagers, right? Oh, I'm going crazy in that situation right now. I wish, too. I, I'll borrow your magic wand for sure. Thank you for that. If you could tell your students one thing that would make your job easier, what would it be? I, I do tell them a couple things. One is at the end of the course, many times people will start what I call dumping assignments at the last minute. And it gives me a relatively clear perspective regarding their time planning expertise and the prime priority of where they place the class in the overall scheme of things. I just wish they could invest the time to get it done. I have always complied with the Vince Lombardi timetable. Just to paraphrase what he said, is when you are early, you're on time. And when you're on time, you're late. Yeah. Because if, if you have the ability to get assignments in early, I am, I have more time to work with you to suggest alternative paths to getting to the right answer. After the deadline, I can't do anything for it. That's true. 
That is true. I wish we could do that one with you two and that timetable for sure. How did COVID change your teaching methodology, if it did any at all? Well, I have always been a an action oriented, mover drive driven, you know, over the over the the years. And the only time I was allowed out of my house during this COVID thing was for medical appointments. My son was a monster about keeping me and my wife away from everyone. He even did grocery shopping. I couldn't believe him. <laughs> but it worked. I had to become more flexible regarding assignment deadlines and extraneous impacts on students that you wouldn't usually have. And it's still going on from time to time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As I review the COVID status, I see that there were over 82 million people with the virus and over a million of them died. And that, that is just so unfortunate and devastating. It is. It's very unfortunate. I lost um, three friends from COVID. My mom it, um, actually had three COVID and I lost an uncle um, of COVID. So yeah, it's very, um, it's like a nightmare. I won't stop. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. And if there was anything we, I could do, I, w- I just felt lost during the whole thing. Yeah, but the good news is you got spoiled by your son, right? <laughs> he did grocery shopping for you. <laughs> You're like, can you do the laundry too? Feed the dogs, feed the cat, feed the fish, like all of that. <laughs> oh, to-do list. What is the most challenging for you in the classroom? Oh, that's easy. Dealing with how graduate students communicate now. Some like to write like they talk or text. And coping with words like like, you know what I mean, and write. Well, I can, I can put together a whole sentence using words like that that don't mean anything or say anything. And... I wish that grammar, and and believe me, I am no ambulatory lexicon, but I wish they would spend just a little more time learning how to write. The other thing that bothers me is I have to attend instructor training for courses that are beginning and courses that are ending, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are meetings that we have to do, right? Yeah, sometimes right. we learn something, sometimes we don't. If it's a repetition, um, I like to, to attend those meetings because sometimes they have new things of doing. Um, and I, like you said, right. I right. love right. continuous improvement, like learning things. But if it's just the same exact, you know, to-do list, I'm like, mm, I'd rather not go. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only complaint, and <laughs> I have just read it. <laughs> yeah. How do you inspire your students? Oh, that's easy. Any, and anyone can do this. You encourage them prior to their effort. You encourage them during their effort. And you encourage them after their efforts. And 
remember that education, learning, and training does not have to be cold and stern. It does have to be encouraging and warm. Otherwise, you're going to get a big old rejection from your students. And keep everyone in the deadline information loop so they know when it's come. I do that all the time. I, I tell them at the beginning of the week. I tell them at the middle of the week. And I tell them towards the end of the week when they have to have their assignments submitted. Yeah, I do like your micro-announcements that, like you said, beginning, middle, and end, it does help kind of, especially those students, watches our announcements, right? They know exactly what to expect, what to do, where we're we going, so that's, that's great. Last question, how would you inspire and inform your colleagues? One has to be respected in order to inform, inspire, educate. A leader should do all of those things. But, and I get into arguments with students all the time about this one, I tell them that a person only needs one character trait to be a leader. The person must have intellect. Intellect affords anyone the ability to learn how to lead, because we know leaders are not born. They have to learn how to lead, and it's simple as that. And many people think that there is some kind of a divine wand that passes over them and they're a leader, and that's just not the case. Yeah, and I think as you are, you've been a leader in many industries and also here in the education industry, so... I definitely will take that advice and go from there. Is there anything else that you would like to add to our listeners that you want to impart uh, in terms of inspiring others? The only thing I'd like to say, Dr. Constance, is that if anyone gets the opportunity to work with Dr. Constance Leyland, you better jump at it. Oh, thank you so much. I try to have fun in our team as much as I can. <laughs> That's for sure. I enjoy having you in my team for sure. Thank you so much for today. And thank you so much for your time being here in our podcast. Hey, it was my pleasure. I enjoyed it. I will chat again whenever you like. All right. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at leveluppbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.